Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. I love the enthusiasm of the British. It's so good to be together. I'm delighted to be here. It's absolutely wonderful to be home. And I thought I'd just tell you a little bit about myself, those who know me and those who don't know me, just a little bit of an update about what I do and who I am. Thank you. Um, So I oversee a charity that is called uh, New Day United, and it's based in Africa. And our passion is to see the release of fullness of life amongst the people in Africa. And we're starting to see it in greater and greater measure. So let's have a look. I'm just going to quickly, because I want to get into the word and what God wants to say. But I just, um, just a few of the things that we're involved in. We've got a science and maths tutoring group that's going on. That little photograph up there on your left was taken on Friday. These are a group of young people who we allowing these young kids, it's based in Cape Town, but a lot of these young kids have got all the theory and books, but they don't have the practical stuff, so we bought science and maths labs for them because science and maths rocks. That's our statement, and we're holding to it. And then we've got... Um, Shluma, which is a Tosa word, which means to prosper. It's an after-school care for young kids. And uh, these kids are just absolutely amazing. We've also got a sewing enterprise. Uh, we were given a whole lot of sewing machines. And the ladies in an area called Tambo Village have taken this on. And we have a lady who's coming out who's a fashion designer. I met her at a conference when I was out here in April. She's coming out for a month. She's a fashion designer and a sewing technician. She's going to work with these women and... Uh, yeah, because um, setting up enterprises and business is the way to go forward in, in Africa and to give the people their future and a hope. And then finally, our computer learning center, which runs uh, every week from Monday to Thursday in the mornings and then on Saturdays as well. Last week, we had a little bit of an issue there because there was gang violence right outside the building in the streets, but we just kept going because light will conquer darkness. And so we're very, very excited about what God is doing. If you want to know more, you can go onto our website or you can talk to me. But I'm not going to carry on with that this morning. What I do want to just share with you in this little bit of time, because blessed are the short-winded, 20 minutes, for we will all be out of here by 11.10 for the next service, apparently. So, but uh, over the last little while, thank you, over the last little while, We've been enjoying a series from Revelation, and we've been looking at the seven churches. How many of you have been blessed by this? All right, Revelation doesn't always make sense. How many agree with that? You kind of read it and you say, I'm sure I'm intelligent somewhere, deep down. But the great thing is that Revelation really is, that word means the unveiling, the unveiling. And, the, and the, the postcards, as we've been calling them over the last little while, the postcards that were sent from Jesus to the church, 
And in those postcards, rarely it's not just John who writes them sitting on Patmos having smoked something illegal. It's really Jesus preparing his church for his return and the ultimate defeat of evil and establishing his reign. Now that excites me. And so Revelation really is, is a book about victory and overcoming. And the, and the Bible says if we read Revelation, we are blessed. So as we spend some time together, I hope this morning you will be encouraged and equipped. But I want to do just a quick, quick whistle stop, uh, stop tour, no, go back please, of those um, seven churches. So the first one is Ephesus, and really... What God is saying to the church of Ephesus is just basically this, guys, you're doing incredible things, but you've lost your first love. The passion that you had for me has now become professional. And we've all got to watch that, that we don't become professional Christians, that our hearts remain in the right place. And then there's the church at Smyrna, and they get the real, you know, thumbs up, from the Lord, there's no criticism. They're poor and suffering church. But in the middle of all of this comes a warning. Hey, guys, in the midst of all the suffering and the persecution and the poor, don't compromise. Watch that. Keep going in spite of all that's happening. And the churches that I have the privilege of dealing with uh, in, in South Africa and in Africa, a lot of them are like Smyrna churches, in deep poverty and suffering. And then there's a church of Pergamos. And Pergamos, really, the word means married. And here the Lord is dealing with the church of Pergamos, and he's saying, guys, don't commit spiritual adultery. Don't be double-minded. Don't have double standards. And there's also a word to the leaders, and I think this is an important thing for us to know, that we're not self-promoting. You know, I remember I used to lead worship many, many years ago. And I remember there was a song that goes, it's all about you, Jesus. And I remember leading worship and singing, it's all about me, Jesus. And my bass guitarist stepped forward and he said, such a true word. He never played bass for me ever again. But then there's the church at Theatara. And this was a loving church, an incredibly loving church. But what was happening with them is that they were tolerating false teachers. And we've got to watch that, that we constantly hold fast to the truth of the word. You know, there's so much on YouTube. There's so many teachings. There's so many books. And all of that's good. But we need to hold to the truth of God's word. And then the, the church of Sardis, which I would call the Wenwe church. Do you remember Wenwe? Do you remember when we did this and when we did that? That at one stage they were a buzzing, incredibly prosperous, vibrant church. And then there was nothing. Nothing. And there's a call that goes out, come on, wake up. Wake up. And then the church at Philadelphia as with the church at Smyrna, gets the thumbs up. And this is a church that stands before an open door. 
And it's passionate about taking the gospel into all the, the world and holding to the word of God and honoring the name of Jesus. But once again, the spirit comes and says, even with all of that and the big thumbs up, don't compromise. Don't fall short. Don't fall short. And then finally, the church at Laodicea and Rob spoke on it last week, you know, and his title was terrific, especially at this time of the morning, vomit or victory. (laughs) Vomit or victory. And really it's saying, don't become lukewarm. And I've heard people say to me, oh, it's easy for you to be so enthusiastic because you're an African. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. We are all called to be on fire for God. All of us are called to be on fire for God. And what's so important as we look at these churches is to know that Jesus loved the churches, not just some kind of building, but individuals. Amen. Yes, we have an African church here. Come on. He loved the churches, but he loved the people. And the church, you and I, are still God's plan for this world that we live in. We're it. We're the living letter that the world reads. And beloved, there's no other plan but us. There's no other plan. But this morning, what I want to do just for a few minutes, and you guys will keep me on track in time, is just look at church number eight, if that's okay. Thank you, sweetheart. We can move that slide on. Church number eight. And I want to talk for a little while about the church in Manchester. The church in Manchester. See, we can look at all those other churches in Asia Minor and kind of go, well, it's great for that over there. And it all becomes information. But when we ground it and we begin to say the church here, the church in Manchester, what is God saying? Thank you. If I can have the next slide. And if we look at all those seven churches, it's very interesting to see that there are three phrases that are continually repeated in all those letters, in all those postcards. And the first one is this, to the angel of the church in Manchester, write. And maybe we won't use postcards, but we'll maybe text or we will email. And the writing is not just something that's kind of a sweet little letter that God wants to give us, but it's a critical message. And that what he's writing is in a holy font of today. Not just Ariel, but a holy font. I know, he says, I know. And over each one of our lives, he says, I know the circumstances you're in. I know the battles you're fighting. I know the situations that are going on. I know how you're processing stuff. I know you. I know your activities. That's what he's saying to you and me as a church in Manchester. And the final, I love this, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Whoever has ears, even if you've got a hearing aid, just turn it up a little bit. But in the Spirit, you know, for us, we need to turn up our spiritual hearing aids and begin to really hear what the Spirit is saying to us. And not just information, but revelation in our hearts 
that begins to change our hearts, that our hearts begin to burn with the things that heaven burns with. And so I'd love us, if you don't mind, just put your hands out for a few seconds here. Just put them out. And if you can close your eyes. And let's just invite precious Holy Spirit in. Let's invite Holy Spirit in. Let's invite him to write his living letter on our hearts. Every one of us, in spite of what we may feel or don't feel, just come, Holy Spirit. Just invade, invade our lives. Lord, with those who are just, just so vexed in mind, just come. Come and speak to us. For those who are feeling liberty in life, come and speak some more. We invite your presence. We breathe in your goodness. That we will hear not what our own selves have to say, but we will hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. And so now just put your hands on your heart. If you've got a pacemaker, it's kind of central, apparently. And let's say, Lord, I don't want to struggle with spiritual cardiac arrest here. I don't want to flatline in the spirit. I want to hear very clearly what you have to say to me. Not just for my Sunday, but for every day of this coming week and this coming month and the rest of this year. To the angel of the church in Manchester, you, me, the churches of Manchester, Ivy, Ivy Central, Ivy Shaston, Ivy Fallowfield, write, write on our hearts, Lord. Tattoo your message on our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. But I want to take a few minutes. So the various churches were in Revelation 2 and 3. I want us to just for a few minutes have a look at Revelation chapter 4. Thank you. Revelation chapter 4. And verses 1 and 2, just these are beautiful words. Thanks so much. If you can put the next one up, but if you can't, I'll just read them out. And it says this, after this, I looked. So not only do we need to hear, but I looked. And there before me was a door standing open in heaven. Isn't that brilliant? Because of the finished work of Jesus, the door's open. Yeah. I love it. It's not because I'm keeping all my ducks in a row or doing the, all the right things. There's a door open in heaven because of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross for us. Simples. Simples. And a voice I'd first heard speaking to me like a trumpet says this, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. 
And I want to concentrate for a few seconds just on those three words. Come up here. Thank you. The next slide. Come up here. A higher vantage point. A higher vantage point. You know, I'm, I'm short. Actually, for those at the back, I'm actually kneeling at the moment because <laughs> it's very humble position. No, but I'm short. But there's something about, you know, I, sometimes I just wish I was as tall as you, Daniel. You know? Especially when I'm in a crowd. And come up here. Come up here. Be repositioned in our spirits and our souls and our bodies. Come up here. Come through, the, uh, come through the open door. Come and stand before this amazing throne of grace. That it's not just the song that we may sing and get excited about the sound, but it's something that's a reality. This incredible throne of grace. And receive the message of life that Jesus has for us. And when we begin to come up here and begin to stand before this throne and hear this voice, what begins to happen is that our hearts are recalibrated. We are empowered and we encouraged beyond, ooh, beyond this morning. Beyond this morning. Whatever the, the, the weeks may hold. And what begins to happen as we begin to come up here is that we begin to agree with the decrees of heaven. The decrees of heaven. We do not just agree with the media or what is being said on Facebook or out, out back, I nearly said, or Outlook. It's not that. We begin to agree with what heaven is saying in spite of what we see, in spite of what we hear. In spite of our history, and there's so many of us who are past, present thinkers, and God is saying, no, yes, we all have history. But there is something about us saying, yes, I've got a history, but I tell you something, as I look forward, I've got his story. I have his story. That's what I have. And God wants us to begin to have that. We are realigned and enabled that there's an impartation of his authority and we begin to impact the world that we live in. And beloved, there's something about God wanting you and I to displace religious mindsets and behavior, to displace low living, that wherever we are, we carry Jesus in all his fullness, that we are dislodging demonic strongholds, not just looking at them and going, oh, I wish they'd go, we dislodge them in Jesus' name, that we're breaking chains, that we're freeing hearts. And you know, this city has already done it. I was, in, I was back in, in, in South Africa when the bomb went off <clears throat> here. And I just, I, there were just texts flying into, into, onto my phone from all my friends around South Africa saying, are your, are, are your friends, is, are your people okay? Isn't that beautiful? But what impacted me more than anything else was to see how people just gathered in Albert Square and just stood, one person, one person. And at that moment, there was a dislodging of demonic strongholds, even though people didn't understand it all. It was like the finger or the hand of God was calling people to go and take a, 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 their stand. 
And when we begin to know that authority and we begin to impact the world, we begin to see hearts that become free. And heaven begins to change earth. Why? Because as I'm standing before that throne of grace, I begin to see what he sees and I begin to see how he works. That's what happens when we begin to come up here that we begin to live from a supernatural perspective. And beloved, I'm having to live with this all the time at the moment, to have a supernatural perspective. I showed you a picture of our after-school care. We've just had the holidays in South Africa. And Lucy Joseph, who looks after Hluma, who's part of our team, I said, Luce, what's the biggest thing we've got to watch over the summer period or the winter period and the holidays? What's gonna be happening? And I was thinking, well, the kids are going to get up to no good and the townships and all the rest of it. And she looked at me and she said, Mama, I used to be Cece, which means sister, now I'm Mama. <laughs> I know, one of these days I'll be Gorko, which is Granny. But she looked at me and she said, Mama, the biggest thing is rape. And these kids are between 8 and 12 years old. And most of these kids have already been raped that are part of our homework club. And I can look at this and I can begin to say there is no hope. But when I begin to take that higher vantage point, when I begin to come up there, the revelation of who Jesus is and what he can do grabs my heart and I say, this will not happen on my watch. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. Let the spirit hear. Why? Because we are not working towards the truth. We're working from the truth. In spite of what I am and in spite of what I don't get right. And I begin to have a long-term vision. See, too many of us are too smart, short-minded. We just, you know, if I can just succeed through this day. And I know that because I've been there. But there is something powerful, powerful, excuse me, when we have the long view and the long-term vision and we live out the mandate that God's placed on our lives and we release the authority and the anointing of God and we begin to displace kingdoms of darkness and areas of resistance. One of the most brilliant things for me is that on our computer learning center, all these guys arrived, and uh, somebody said to me, that guy over there is a gangster. Hmm. There are lots of them in the area where we work. So I walked up to him, and I said, hi, how are you? And he went, oh, I'm fine. I said, I hear you coming to the computer learning center. He went, yeah. I said, no, I just need to find out from you. He was tall. Well, that's not difficult with me. But and I said, I just need to find out from you. Are you scouting out the joint? to steal all our computers, or are you here to learn? He looked at me and I looked at him, I thought, I'm not looking away, I want to, but I won't. <laughs> and he said, no, I'm here to learn. I said, no, don't, forgive me, don't BS me, tell me the truth. And he said, no, I'm here to learn. And I said, well, in that case, you need to help us protect these computers. He said, I'm on it. Higher vantage point. The incredible thing is that this young guy has gone through the Alpha course and has just got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
displacing darkness. And so let's get back to the church in Manchester. And I'd love the band to come up. And uh, let's just wait on God. Is that all right? All right. I'm going to go into theology tonight. I'm just sharing heart to heart with you today. But to the church in Manchester, right. And can I have, oh, there it is. And let's not put it out there as some kind of ethereal thing. Let's really anchor this. And so the church of Manchester, put, we put our hands on our hearts already, you and me. And the first question is this, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see when you look at yourself? I know what it is to feel so inadequate and so vulnerable. I know what it is to think, oh, I'm not as clever as anybody else. I know what it is to bind to that spirit of comparison. I know what it is to live with brokenness. I know what that's like. I know what it is to feel like I'm outside and everybody's in. But I tell you something, there is something inside of me over the last number of years that's gone enough. Come up here. I've heard the Spirit say, Lynn, come up here. Come up here. And stand before my throne of grace. And so what do you see when you look at yourself? But what do you see when you look at Ivy? Yeah, there's so much transition going on in here. But beloved, we can either be spectators and begin to look and think, oh, well, there we are. You know, the elders not quite got it right. You know, the Nettletons and the Varnums and the Smalls and the Devrils, you know, Chungs, sorry, Becca, and all the others. Oh, Anthony's got it wrong. But what is the Spirit saying of an ivy? What do you see when you look with those eyes? And what do you see when you look at Manchester? Oh, a city that's going to be dreadfully affected by Brexit. And all these various politicians. What do you see in the Spirit? And then what do you hear about yourself and about Ivy and about Manchester? What are you hearing? Turn, turn down the white noise. Turn up that voice that sounds like a trumpet. But then it's not enough to just see and hear. We've got, we've got to be compelled to do. Not out of drivenness, but out of calling to make a difference in our world, that we draw a little circle around ourselves. We say, God, here, here, my world, my world. And each of you have a unique world. Each of you are touching people I can never touch. Each of you are interfacing with people I can never interface with. And that's Revival Town, your area. 
be it in the media, be it in education, be it in the medical world, be it as a homemaker or home executive, be it as a student, be it as an artist, a musician, whatever. In the finance world, Mark Tucson, I have a word for you from the Lord. God says, this is such a new day for you, bro. And the enemy has tried to just discourage you and pull you down. But the Lord says, I am lifting up your head. And Mark, I just sense that God is saying that this is a season where you are going to touch the brilliance of heaven in such phenomenal ways. That you have an eye for detail. I know that because we've worked together on some videos. But you have an eye for detail. But God says you have no idea how I'm going to increase that. The Lord says that you are not just one who is maintaining. But there is a, a spirit of revelation and reformation over you. God is going to begin to give you brilliance of ideas in how you do your video work that is going to blow your mind but place you in a spiritual dimension that you will begin to see what it is to create from a kingdom perspective. And the world will look at this and go, my goodness, what is this? brilliance. Emma, for you as well, I feel that the two of you, God's saying, move closer together, shoulder to shoulder. There is something about the two of you walking shoulder to shoulder, closer together. Because eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard what happens when you come up here. Joel, you are here, bro, you and Rachel, for this time. I know you're the pastor's son, but you're also my friend, so I'm going to speak to you like that. But more than that, the incredible deposit and download that you guys have had over the last number of years is not just something that you did way back when you were in South Africa. There is the roar of the lion that both of you heard so clearly, so clearly when you were out there. And the Lord says, I'm going to increase that roar, the sound of the trumpet. That the whole area of thinking, oh, I'll just, I'll just kind of settle into the culture here. You cannot anymore. You were ruined for just normal culture. Ruined for that. And this season where you're working is just for you to begin to understand those around you. But this season is just, it's, it's, it's almost like what I see at the moment is that God's saying, you're in a bit of a holding pattern, but don't panic. Don't panic, because what I'm doing in this holding pattern is that I'm increasing, I see the plane increasing, the size of the plane increasing, the size of who you are increasing. And God says, if you try and come down too quickly, the runway will be too small for you. And there's such an increase on you. You're not just a little, you know, six-seater Cherokee. I don't know what they are. They're Cherokees? No, those are Indians. I don't know. Those things, those planes, those six-seater planes. God says, you're not that. You are somebody who has the capacity to carry a whole lot more. A whole lot more. And so be prepared for that. Hold steady in that. Mike Ledger, just for you, you know, I just, I love you and Helen. I think you are servant personified. You're so clever. And you're so amazing. But God says, this is a season for you 
that there have been dreams. I see you've written down some things way back a number of years ago that you have a passion to see released in your heart. But you've been kind of holding back on it because you think, I don't know if I've got the capacity physically to be able to do this. But God says, actually, son, I have made all things new. And God says the dreams and that you need to get those things out again. For both of you, I just, uh, it, you know, we, I know we were elders together many, many years ago when we first came out the ark, but there is something about God saying that the influence of the two of you is going to increase. I see many men, Mike, coming your way and seeking your wisdom and your insight, not just because of business understandings, but understanding the Spirit, understanding what the Spirit has to say. And so come up here is a higher vantage point for you and also for the lovely Edwards sitting right next to you. Come up here, a higher vantage point. Mr. Lavelle, I have the same, almost the same kind of thing as I got for Mark Tucson. But there is something about God saying that you've got a, 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 a see a kind of a template and an idea being shaped and formed that's inside of you. And God says, actually, I'm going to give you some people around you who are going to become sons of Issachar, one who can able, men who are able to read the times, not just the paper, the times, but the times and the seasons. Because in the area that God has called you into, that he wants to shift the atmosphere so that his times and his seasons begin to take place, even before the world has got there. And so God says, this template, I want you to begin to look at it. I get this thing from Habakkuk, you know, the one, write the vision on the wall so that the herald can run with it. And there is something about it, the acceleration of God's kingdom in your area of influence that he wants to bring into greater measure. It's just wait. It's just wait. Thank you. Thank you. Now what we're going to do is just allow God to speak to each one of us. You know, we can look and think, well, these words, and all it is, it's not fortune-telling. It's just allowing God's Spirit to speak what's the conversation that's going on in the throne room. But here's the important thing is that you can hear. You can hear that voice like a trumpet. But I want us to do some business together. And the business is here, this. What do you see and what do you hear when you look at Ivy? And what do you see and what do you hear when you look at Manchester? What do you see and what do you hear? what I'm going to ask you to do is I've got some little stick notes down here I don't want you to come and put your sins on the cross that's not what this is about but if there's a word or if there's a phrase not an epistle all right just a little postcard message that you feel God is saying over Ivy over Manchester 
I'm going to ask that you be brave enough. You don't have to do it. But you be brave enough to just come. Grab one of these stick-up notes. It's going to be a bit pandemonium here, but that's okay. Go back to your seat. Write what you feel God is saying. And just come and stick it here. Is that okay? So we wait on you, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.